the past few years, we've leveraged Vistaprint services to help us on our mission to inspire entrepreneurs of color. They've helped us print stickers, t-shirts, totes, mugs, and even snapback hats. Yes, they print just about everything. My point is, they print a lot more than just business cards. So as you look for ways to help your small business stand out, think Vistaprint. And right now, new customers like you can get 20% off your next order over $75 or more plus free standard shipping. Just use the code CLAIMASTORIES at checkout. You got to be a good follower in order to be a good leader. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You take on those characteristic traits. And as you, like we tell people, and even on our team, it's like, we know what it takes because we did it. Hmm. Like, I'm not asking you to do nothing that we didn't do. You know, like we were even having a conversation and this person, when they hear it, they'll know. They're like, um, we're like, oh, we're going to expand on a different social media platform. And they're like, well, who's going to, like, we don't have the bandwidth. I'm like, bandwidth? <laughs> like, <laughs> never had the bandwidth. Never, never had, had no bandwidth. bandwidth. <laughs> like, we didn't just, you know, you figure it you out. Fill it and then, you figure it out. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like solution-oriented has always right. kind of been, you know, one of the things that O is always focused on, you know. And I'll say for me, having been a part of other businesses and seeing them scale, I also learned a lot about myself through that process, mm -hmm. and I knew who I was going into this situation. And we could have some very honest, upfront conversations and just keep it, like, communication is the key. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, hey, this is what's gonna work, this is what's not gonna work. Right. And as you grow and as you scale, like, even now, like, it's just super important for us just to communicate. Tell me where you wanna go, where you wanna be. I can help you bring a get you on your feet. I'm Bima, and if you ask today's guests, golf has always been cool. In fact, Elijah Wan and Earl are transforming the game of golf. You see, Earl grew up in Delaware, and after being introduced to golf at a young age, he instantly had a knack for the game. Elijah Wan grew up in Atlanta, surrounded by black golfers. The two met as teammates on the Morehouse College golf team, where they won a national championship and then remained friends as their lives ran parallel. After college, Earl would go on to start teaching, becoming one of Golf's Digest's best young teachers in America. Elijah Wan took his chances as a pro golfer, but struggled to get sponsorships to fund his career and decided to transition into commercial finance. But golf stayed on his brain and in his heart. A lover of design, Elijah Wan whipped up a logo just for himself, and the streets wanted it. So he went all in, buying an inventory and shipping 3,000 orders from his home. Earl saw the vision and knew he had to join the mission. And as they say, the rest is history. Earl and Elijah Wan, welcome to the Claim of Stories podcast powered by Vista. We've been trying to do this for a minute, fellas. I'm yeah, glad yeah, we yeah. got y'all in town. I'm glad calendars aligned. Y'all not on y'all world tour right yeah, now. Yeah, we got yeah. a little break on the world tour. How y'all feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling like, you know, we're in Portland. 
Hopefully we're we just came from the employee oh, yeah, uh, yeah, store. Yeah, I got, got a few things. <laughs> you know, saw some yeah, things yeah. that we, we ain't seen in a while. You know, yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, um, but no, nah, man, it's a blessing. To even have the opportunity to you know own Eastside, but then also like you know get into it, but design Jordans. Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. that's I mean that's y'all know what it is. Like those two pairings, what y'all are doing is like. It's crazy, and we talked about it a little bit, and we're going to get into it to sure. today in the interview, but it's like, y'all are not just building a, any brand, right? Like, you're building a brand, and you build an impact at the same time, and those things are, it's quite the dance. Correct. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. it's not just a, a very simple thing. So. Not at all, not at all. I would, I would say um, a lot of times it's hard to build a company up and make profit, but also make change. Mm at the same time. Hmm. Those two things that go hand in hand within a company, yeah. that's pretty hard to do. What's the, um, well, just on that topic alone, how do y'all keep yourselves in a place where you keep those two values in check? Where you're like, yes, this is good for the brand from a revenue financial standpoint, but also is it good for the brand from the mission we serve, the what we're trying to contribute to the culture? I mean, I say, we stick to our morals and values, you know, like, why are we here doing this? Uh, I mean, we continuously think about it. We've been playing the game since we were six years old, That's you know, so what are some of the things that we would have wanted to see growing up mm. and how do we implement that, you know, moving forward within Eastside? Yeah. You know, keeping that at the front of our mind, you know, keeping that at telling authentic stories through our designs, through, mm -hmm. well, through me designing and through me uh just really telling about those stories that went on through the past, through so little small Earls and small large ones can see that. Yeah. Then they can, you know, see how they can move throughout golf and see how golf can actually help them. But us sticking to that has taken us, you know, so oh, far. Place. I mean, that's so powerful, far. right? Like it's rooted in purpose. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's super dope to me. You touched on something, so I want to go back to it. I know y'all were born days apart in 89, but <laughs> did y'all know each other then? Like, y'all come from two different places, though, yeah? Yeah, completely. Two yeah. different places. Delaware? Yeah, yeah well, I was born in Flint, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, but I was raised in Delaware. Yeah, in, mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And uh, born in Houston. Born in Houston. <laughs> Elijah one. <laughs> Wait, but so then, explain that. Explain that, right? Yeah. So, like, like, a lot of people assume you're Nigerian. Yeah. So, what's the backstory on this? I was born in Houston. Texas, named after Hakeem Olajuwon, um, <laughs> yes, um, but no relation. But uh, my father, when, uh, he was born in South Memphis, Tennessee, okay. and when he turned 24, had a little association with the Black Panthers, but mm. he didn't want a slave master name, and he ended up changing his name from mm. uh, Roy Rutledge to Kwame Ajanaku. Word. Yeah, and now... I'm Olajuwon Ajanaku. He yeah. wanted a name that, you know, meant something to be passed down, mm. you know, uh, as far as lineage, that actually means something. Right. And that was powerful for him. How does that live with you today, right? Like, how do you take what he wanted to instill in you mm -hmm. and, and bring it into this world? I would say one of the most powerful things that he taught me, or even just my name, was this power in who you are. Mm. You know, as a black man, there's actually power in that yeah. and being that. A lot of people are afraid of it. A lot mm -hmm. of people shy away from it. A lot of people want to be it, yeah. you know, but it's risky. It's, you know, I mean, all the time. <laughs> just being us. Just being us. As it's we risky. are before you, all the stuff that right, we do yeah, is added on to it. It's already a risk. Mm -hmm. right. So, I mean, just being 
literally myself and seeing the power in being a black man, but that's where mm -hmm. I came up with the logo. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I can truly show a whole nother side of golf yeah. just from having this logo that mm -hmm. has never been and won't be shown authentically from any other golf brand. Right, absolutely. So, now nah, it's one on one. Trust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, show. Now, I know y'all been playing golf since toddlers. Uh, did your parents, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I gotta exaggerate it. Um, <laughs> Did your parents play golf? Nah. So where did that come from? So for me, it was the inner city youth golf program called the uh, LPGA, which stands for Ladies Professional Golf Association. So they had a, a major event in Wilmington, Delaware, mm -hmm. and that was basically the nonprofit that they started. Okay. Uh, it was called LPG Urban Youth Golf Program. So my father just saw a uh, flyer <laughs> and just signed me and my sister up. <laughs> and then it was just something to kind of do. And yeah. then it, it morphed into something where like, oh, okay, I'm good at it. Mm. And then kind of took a life on, mm. of its own. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was like 13, I had to win in the Golf Channel Drive, Chip and Putt, which was a skills competition, yeah. like almost like kick, punt, and pass. Huh. And then from there, uh, that's when I embraced it, like as an individual, as a young black man saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to accept the fact that I'm good at this and that I have an opportunity and then started really practicing. What did the, the makeup of the other kids look like? I would say kind of... 60 40 i think was because there were it was an urban youth program so there were definitely other black kids that were there i think the biggest thing for me was like it wasn't my friends though hmm. and like i learned so much as being like a golf instructor that like young kids i would say from the age and it changes now but like 13 and down you really only care about socializing like if you hmm. went to like a little league baseball or basketball they're not really talking about hits. It's like more action happening. Oh yeah, on they the more bench. talking yeah. about you know. Like, they look at like, no, no, no. hey man, you I'm got the Pokemon in Fortnite. You know what I mean? When I get back, or you know what I mean? Madden is over with. Like you know what I'm saying? You know, they, really, they don't even see what's happening right, in the game. Right. So it's like when when I was teaching, I understood that when it came to young kids, I'm like, yeah. yo, like they don't really really just want to have a perfect golf swing. Mm -hmm. They really more just want to have fun, the process of socialization, yeah. and like, how are you creating that environment during the instructional period yeah. versus like, yo, hit it on plane and your backswing is too big. It's like, bro, that's it's just not. It's like, we're not there yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Yeah, so uh, nobody plays in my family. Mm. Nobody plays golf. That's um, so wild to me. Like, neither one, but yeah. like, you two got very interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a friend of the family that introduced me to the game. Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, growing up with his sons playing golf. Mm -hmm. We were on the same uh, high school team, first time so we ever went to state. Then I ended up getting a golf scholarship to Morehouse College where we met. One uh, went to Southern University and one went to Talladega College. Wow. But uh, I grew up through first tee program, yeah. you know, just a little bit in my younger, younger days, mm -hmm. probably like uh, before I was 13, 14 years old, and then after that, just kept practicing over time and <laughs> ended up getting a scholarship to Morehouse. That's where I met Earl. Wow. Yeah. So how did y'all meet at Morehouse? What was, like, y'all met on the golf course? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, first time, first time I met him was at uh, John A. White, and I believe it was on the ninth green. Like, we didn't even meet. We were, were supposed to go play, but we were just like, well, let's meet up. Yo, let's dap everybody up. Everybody meet each other. Yeah. And then we'll size each other up. Then we're going to go on the course, course. Yeah. and see what y'all yeah. got. You huh. know what I'm saying? What so. was the first thought when y'all were like, I mean, for me, brother? it was like, it was, you got to understand, I was coming from Wilmington, Delaware. Mm. So, like, I was just happy to be there and playing with black people. Huh. 
you know what I mean, young black brothers. Like, mm. I mean, you. there's a picture of me on the Wilmington College uh, golf team, and I'm the only black guy. Like, I was always the only black. Always the only one. You know what I mean? That was how my environment was. So it was like, I'm like, yo, let's get it. I yeah. think over time, the competitive juices started to flow and things like that. But I would say, like, my first initial reaction, I was just more excited to be playing with guys that look like me. Yeah, and I guess my experience growing up in golf, I mean, I'm from Atlanta, so it's the South, and where I practiced that, it was all black. Hmm. You know, maybe 2% white. You know, I knew them very yeah. well, and I still knew them today. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was majority black folks. And so, me growing up playing in that way, but then going over to the country clubs, mm. it was all white. It's all white. You know, but I've been practicing. I do this in my sleep. Yeah. You know, I do this all the time, yeah. so I should be just as, as confident when I go over here to mm. these other golf courses. But it's little things like, you know, me growing up on a municipality. You know, mm. it, it doesn't have the best greens, the best fairway, right, right. the best anything. Hmm. But then when you go over to the country club, the greens run a little faster. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit more pure. You got to. So it's a little bit a tougher golf of where I, you know, grew up at. Right, right. But still, you know, playing at country clubs will get you prepared for a professional golf. And hmm. that's where you see the difference. The difference in everything. Probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a <laughs> lot of things. A lot of things. So, right. And I think yeah. the, the beauty of it, you know, I think a lot of times people try to figure out like how we rushed on the scene and mm-hmm. what happened. But just even sitting here thinking about it is like, we are so different. Like there's so many things that are the same. We love golf, four days apart, you know, just then and third, yeah. all things that we listed. But like when you really start to dig deep, it's just like different. And I think that's the beauty of the game where it's like golf is this beautiful umbrella mm-hmm. that we all can kind of live under. under. And like, we're just saying, come as you are. like. The common thread is golf, and then the rest don't really matter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Take care of yeah, yourself. yeah, it'll figure itself out. Right. The, the, mm-hmm. the fact is that we're coming to a common ground, mm-hmm. which is golf. Now, now speaking of golf and Morehouse, y'all won a national title mm-hmm. while yeah. I was there. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, a national title is not a small deal. You know, yeah, especially no. you know to do it as brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's pretty important. So, what do y'all remember about that experience? What sticks out to you today? For me, I mean, I remember what I shot. I remember the last two rounds. It wasn't that well. 2010, I feel like it was monumental because it was the first national championship that Morehouse had won, Mm -hmm. you know? But for it to be in golf and for everybody on the team to be black, like, I remember how powerful we felt taking a picture. You know, like, our head coach, his name was uh, Bill Lewis. He passed away last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, year before last. And just for him to be there and yeah. f- to have that national championship, him being one of the people that taught me how to swing a golf club <laughs> as well. I want so many other black people and many other diverse people to get into this game. Hmm. That's how I felt That's how you feel. when I won that championship. Wow. I know what it will do for them, hmm. and I know where, where it will take them in life. Wow. For sure. That's hella powerful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just think about, like, we all know how powerful it is seeing other people that look like us doing something aspirational, right? Mm-hmm. And to do it on the level. Yeah, on the highest. Earl, what was your relationship with golf after college? So for me, my relationship with golf after college was one where it went, I mean, now I can look back and say it went fast. Mm. You know, so I, I had a quick little window where I thought I could play golf professionally, realized like, all right, that ain't gonna work. Because uh, mm. I'm just not that good. Like I tell people all the time, it's like, it's no knock. Like I'm a realist. Like I have no. I'm not less than a man if I say I'm yeah, not that yeah, good, yeah. right? And so 
it was one of those things where could I shoot in the 70s? Sure. Can I do it consistently? No. You know, week in and week out. Got it. So I ended up, uh, I did this program, the PGA Postgrad Diversity Program. And so basically you had an opportunity to accelerate through level one. And mm -hmm. I worked at the PGA Golf Club and started my journey mm -hmm. on becoming a PGA professional. Okay. So I started there. And then I went to Detroit Golf Club, uh, where I was the first African-American golf pro there, <laughs> which was a wonderful experience. I mean, I met so many great people, um, so many mentors. And just like, he'll tell you still to this day, like, man, them people love me, seriously. Like, <laughs> yes, they do. And it's all colors. Yes, they do. Like, young, old. Like, it was a, such a very special, like, that's where I really learned I just learned so much about myself. Mm. And I learned so much about like teaching. That's really when I really fell in love with teaching. Mm -hmm. We started, me and this other assistant, um, Matt Adamski and John Gates, who was the head pro at the time, a junior elite. Mm. And that's what we called it. And we basically like, imagine doing like just a super intense golf program. But like, I felt like my role was like, I still tried to figure out a way to make it fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it, it was intense. Like we did an hour lesson, then we went and played nine holes, and we were in the carts with them shot by shot. Like, Ooh. what you thinking? How you going to go? Like, And then after that, we had a, a post-game lesson where you had to make, like, whatever putts. But we saw kids getting overnight, and then we did, like, a, a, what we called boot camp. Took them all down to Florida. Because in Detroit, you try to get out the code anyway. Right, right, absolutely. So we took them down to Florida and, like, did these programs down there. And it was great because I took them to the club that I was at in Florida. So mm -hmm. I was, like, watching how... Other people do golf schools yeah. and stuff like that. And we started implementing. But just to see the growth and, like, we woke them up at 5 a.m. We had schedules. Ooh, I was getting people up work. at 5. Man, <laughs> it was just, but it was great because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, one thing I realized when it comes to, like, teaching and, like, any instructor, like, especially you teaching junior kids, it's like a lot of it is who you're around. Because hmm. golf, you spend so much time by yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can create, like, a team atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're spending hours of people, like, because we would ask the kids, we would do post-trip interviews, mm -hmm. and we would ask the kid, what was your favorite part? And they would be like, dinner or the movie. Like, yeah. it wasn't even hours on the range or making a birdie. It was like playing golf time and having time to spend time with your peers, which mm -hmm. you just typically don't get in it golf. It doesn't happen. It's very like, mm. don't speak. Isolated. Like, you go to a junior <laughs> golf tournament, parents is like, don't say nothing to nobody. Get serious. Working on your putting. Huh. Like, okay. Really? Yeah, it's very stoic and... At what point did making golf accessible become very important to you? Like from the beginning, like that's my journey. Like it wasn't accessible for me. Like I remember walking a mile to the golf course, you know what I mean, with my golf clubs. Mm. And like we lived on a golf course, but like until my dad cut the hole in the fence, like I literally had to go all the way around. Wait, I wait, can, wait, wait, wait. Your dad cut a hole in the fence? He definitely cut a hole <laughs> in the fence. Definitely put like the little makeshift gate. It wasn't even nothing nice. And I don't even think he like owned that prop. Like, yo, my dad. <laughs> like, so but, about right. Yeah, exactly. You know my I'm dad. Saying, yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> exactly. So oh, any man. means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But no, I mean, I, you just can And it was so fun. I used to tell people like walking, you could see how the houses would change. Hmm. Right. So it would be like my house. And then it would just like get bigger, bigger, bigger. And then it was like, the wow. Of course. Like, Go, dang, oh, like the closer yeah, you got the to the closer you the got entrance. to the golf course, got it. The houses just started getting mm. huge, <laughs> and you just be like, man, and it'd be like again, you're walking. Like we said this, I remember earlier in interviews, 
It'd be like, even still to this day, it's not normalized to see a kid walking with golf clubs. Hmm. If you saw a kid walking with golf, you'd be like, yo, you lost? Like, no, that's true. I don't, you I, I don't okay? think I've yeah. seen a kid walk with golf. Just on, you know, my yeah, regular community. Right. I don't yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, but that was our journey. You know what I mean? He's got his journey on how he got to the golf course. That's what inspired, you know, the shoes, the yeah. red clay. And it's like, for me, it was like, I can remember lugging golf clubs <laughs> the long way. And it's just a part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the history of golf and its relationship with the black community, right? Like, there's been a lot of chatter about how it's changed, a lot of assumptions. Can you break that down to us in like what it is and what needs to change, you know? in order for golf to kind of think about those truths? I think the history when it comes to golf and African-American, first of all, we kind of came into it as caddies. Mm. That's where, you know, where we were the help, mm -hmm. essentially. And then as the caddies begin to watch, just like we anything else, you begin to take it on. You're starting to see it like, yeah. oh, okay. So you have an and interest. Then, extra clubs, get to hanging around, and then it begins to get taught, and then guys start to become really good at it. Mm. But in during this time also, we couldn't play on a lot of these golf courses. Just because of because black of skin. skin. Yeah, yeah. Got so mm -hmm. there were laws in place, like, you know, you take the PGA Tour, and, and I'm going to pause, and I think it's really important for people to understand that the PGA Tour and the PGA of America are now separate entities, mm. but prior, I believe it was... Like, well, 61. 1961 was when they lifted the Caucasian only yeah, they clause. Had the clause, right? But I don't know exactly when they split. I, I don't mm. remember. I don't. I want to get it accurate. But what I'm mm. the point I'm just trying to make is that that rule was for both entities, hmm. not just the PGA of America and not right. just the tour. They were one one, one entity. I want to say maybe like 19. I believe it's 55. Okay, so I believe 19, it's 55. That was the when they split, yeah. right? So again. Before they split, they both adopted the rule that it was a Caucasian-only clause, right, for the tour and for the PGA of America, which is basically like the tour are the professional players and then you have the industry. And so the pivotal moment for African Americans was in 1961 hmm. when they lifted the Caucasian-only clause hmm. and it allowed us to participate in both. Uh, the tour and the PGA of America. And then from there, I think more some people are kind of more familiar with the history that has gone from there. Yeah. I think an interesting fact that a lot of people don't know is that you had more African-American golfers in the 80s than you had during the Tiger Woods era at one time. Professional golfers. What, do y'all know what was the influence behind that? Yeah, uh, Chichi Rodriguez mm -hmm. is a uh, older golfer. I'd say the first year we went to the PGA show we had on Eastside Golf <laughs> down in Orlando, uh, we got to talking with Chichi, told him who we were. He's like, damn, like, this is a legend. And one of the things that he told us was why diverse talent kind of decreased after the 80s. Yeah. And one fact uh, is, I guess, 1983, Augusta National mm -hmm. actually stopped black caddies from caddying at Augusta National. But how would they do that? That's illegal. Well, no. Right? I mean, because it's they said a, the, the when it's a thing. private country club, you can make uh, your own rules. Got it. To your point, we got introduced by caddies. So when the money started getting, the purses yeah. increased, mm -hmm. you started hiring. So if me and O are buddies, right? Mm -hmm. And typically, quote unquote, I'm going to reverse it. I have a white caddy, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm out there. But then when the money increased, why would I want to give that just to a white, white caddy? Head. I want to go get my buddy. Right. So they were doing the opposite. Correct. Correct. 
So that's what happened. That's that's 83. What happened. So in the 80s, when the, the purses ah. started to increase, <laughs> they started to get more of their buddies, and then it was less than, you know what I mean? Because again, let's be honest, caddies had like this negative oh, kind yeah. of, like they're the help. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like this sexy job that people aspire to be. Mm -hmm. But now that the money started flowing, and we've seen that in other things, once that money started flowing, oh, things start changing. Things start changing, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I was your go-to guy for so long, mm -hmm. and then now, you know, yeah. it changed. But then on top of that, the caddies are the ones that brought back what they learned mm -hmm. to the black community. Black community. Correct. So now yeah. you get more guys that are dang, like in the '90s. Damn, I used to I learned from my dad in yeah. the '80s, I, <laughs> you know. But right. nobody's learning anymore because there are no more caddies. Correct. So now it just. Decrease as far as yeah. where are you gonna learn from? Right. Who right. am I learning from in my household right. that was around in that era? I right. mean, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like yeah. it just yep. decreased over time. And to, huh. to that point, you're not only learning, but you're learning from the best. Like these guys caddy for Jack Nicholas and Sam Sneed mm. and like, you know what I mean? They're watching the yeah, best. So they're coming with you with insight from the very Correct. best. Correct. So they yeah. and they're the one helping mm. them too. Yeah. yeah. Yo, you're doing this, you're doing yeah. that. Right. Like yeah. they're the ones that's giving notes. Exactly. Wow. So they're learning all the tricks and trades. And to O's point, they were bringing those tricks and trades back to the black community. So if there was this one kid that was pretty good or they start mm -hmm. picking it up themselves or they're around, you know, these Tom Watson who Tom credit to Tom Watson kept his black caddy. And it's still like even when he comes back, he brings he him brings back him and back. has done a lot, mm -hmm. you know, for that. But the point that I'm saying is that clubs and Shirts like they would get all that extra stuff and yeah. be able to kind of corral that hand me down mm -hmm. and take that back to, to, to you know what I mean to the black. I community. mean that's what we always do. Yeah, we yeah. always take yeah, it yeah, back. Jay said it back. You know what I mean? <laughs> chitlins, you know what I mean? Yeah. Y'all fed us pegging intestines and we made chitlins. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. we always gonna make a way. Correct. Um, Absolutely. But but speaking of that decline, right? There's a parallel in more recent years that is being reported as the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so PGA reported in 2020 that golf has become more diverse than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. What's the truth behind that? In y'all's experience, what have you been seeing, you know? I mean, COVID. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's COVID. It's no mm -hmm. CMO. It's mm -hmm. no leadership of any one brand or, you know, commissioner or mm -hmm. executive director or CEO in golf that said, oh, we finally figured it out. No, it was COVID. And people begin to discover the game on their own mm -hmm. and realize that, no, this game, I really do enjoy it. I just never had time, you know. It's, it, to, it, to get it, it. pauses, you know. You did everything else but this, and then yeah. so when you see the uptick in that, like I always use the analogy or the fact of the matter that Callaway, when COVID hit, they stopped, freeze, didn't know what was going to go on. Everything is like in chaos, hmm. and then in August they end up buying Top Golf for two billion dollars. Hmm. So what, like, again, it was that COVID window where yep. you've seen the uptick and it wasn't a program that they rolled out or an initiative that they rolled out that brought a bunch of people there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's the short answer that's of it, the, the, the uptick. It was COVID, but I think now you're starting to see people try to take advantage of it and get ahead mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But the real question is, it's like, as O would say, like, is it real purpose and teeth behind it or right. is it just going to fizzle out? Is it going to fizzle out because... They didn't know trend. how it happened in the first right, yeah, place. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you don't know how it happened in the first place, you don't know how to keep it going, how to Absolutely. sustain it. Right? 100%. Absolutely. Let's get a little bit into the East Side golf story, though. Where does the interest in fashion come from, right? And the pairing of that with golf? I'll say I've always been 
into fashion, mm -hmm. you know, but growing up in golf, it's always khakis. It, well, me Why growing you up. Why you know my khakis? Right? Yeah, I was like, right here too. I was like, <laughs> nah, growing up in golf. <laughs> growing up in golf, it was strictly only yeah, khakis, big baggy polos, polos yep. and it wasn't fashionable mm. at all. You know, like definitely if one day I could wear some baggy, you know what I'm saying, yeah, khakis, yeah, then yeah, another yeah. day I could wear some joggers, I would do that. <laughs> but good. it was it's just yeah. one thing. Yeah, no, it was just right. one thing. Like, huh. It was just khakis. So you're like, telling me if I would go to the course, I would have just seen Khaki. I mean, that's what, yeah. honestly, we would aspire to have. You just wanted fresh ones, but, yeah. like, you <laughs> yeah. just wanted 50 pairs of fly yeah. khakis. Yeah. Wow. It was nothing else. Hmm. Yeah. Word. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about, then, the logo of the brand, right? So mm -hmm. you two get together, Eastside's born. Where did the logo come from? So, actually, it was me that started the <laughs> business. I, uh, I was in commercial finance. For about eight Music, years. Commercial finance. Yeah, you was yeah. miserable. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll start kidding, from now. No, uh, but uh, so I'll start from the beginning. So, of course, we uh, went to Morehouse together, won a national championship. He graduated, became a PJ professional. I graduated and I turned pro in golf. Wow. So I started uh, mini tours, trying to raise money. I was literally making pitch decks on why you should sponsor me. Word. Uh, pitching them to corporations. Doctors, lawyers, I mean, whoever would listen, yeah. you know, and I would say over two years, I maybe raised 11 grand, Jeez. you know, so I ain't raised nothing. How to much support. would you have needed to support yourself? Um, 150 grand a year. Jeez. Yeah, and that's so covering you, so living, rent, travel, caddy, equipment, flight, right. if anything breaks, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. very it's it's expensive, expensive. <laughs> especially on the pro level, yeah. on the pro level. So, I was doing that for two years. It got to a point I just couldn't afford it anymore. Mm -hmm. So end up, my major was accounting, minor yeah. in finance, yeah. and I was in sales and then end up getting my job from, I used to work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Yeah. End up getting my job, <laughs> VP of sales, getting him golf lessons. He wanted to give me a job from just giving him golf lessons. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he then, wanted to give me a job just from golf lessons. Yeah. See, I see how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, so I was in commercial finance. I financed tractors, trailers, okay. construction equipment for about six, seven years years okay. and was about to be looking to become VP of a finance firm. You know, I was a regional sales manager and mm. got home one day. I was just like, this ain't it. Like, <laughs> I want to play golf. You mm. know what I'm saying? You, you so got, You got so far away from yeah. what you really wanted to do. Yeah. And it's crazy because I was so upset that I had to quit golf in the first place. Mm. Like, I didn't know if I was ever going to make my way back. Mm. But it's crazy. I ended up finding a job to where... I closed deals on a golf course. So I'm not even playing my best golf. I'm shooting 73, 74, and they're just like, man, you they're need like, to get you, from out yeah, here. Like, you need to, how much money do you need? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, we're tired of losing to you. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get from out here. Yeah, but like, help me close deals. You know, I did that for six, seven years, but like I said, got to a point. You know, I just wanted to play golf. And so I didn't know what else to do. I knew it would be hard to find sponsors. So let me just make a logo. So the logo was just supposed to be me, jeans, sweatshirt, yeah. Cuban link chain. Like, Yo. that's how I feel when I, that's when how I want to look that's when I, I go out to the golf course, hmm. you know. And I showed it to him. He was just like, yo, put that on a T-shirt. And Word. I was just like, all right. So I've <laughs> always been into design, but I did it real minimum, took a gilding. Ironed on the logo. I went downtown Detroit with that T-shirt on. Yeah. Cost me 25 bucks. I maybe got stopped like 150 times in three hours. 
just like, who are you? What's that logo? Where can I get it? And do you play golf? Wait, did you have any experience with logos and like drawing on that nah. scale and stuff like that? It was just a hobby. Yeah, it was. it's always been a hobby. I've been designing shoes since I was about eight or nine years old. <laughs> Got like a book full of, but it, I, I know what to do with it. I'm, yeah, I'm an accounting yeah. major. Yeah, like, you're like, I'm I not, do accounting. I don't do that creative yeah, do stuff. That. I don't know yeah. what that is. Yeah. <laughs> got it. But um, after uh, I came from downtown, I got back. I was just like, bro, I got something. Don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but I got, I something. got something. And he was just like, yo, run with it. Hmm. So I ended up making T-shirts, sweatshirts, socks, uh, hats, lapels. Like, end up spending my savings. Maxed yeah. out all the credit cards. Yeah. Sold my cryptocurrencies. Like, I mean, I bootstrapped it from the beginning. So bought all the inventory. Even during uh, COVID, you know, they weren't, uh, oh, man. But I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. We, we even, can always, we can hey, always. No, no, no. Even during, <laughs> no. even during COVID, I took my rent money and bought inventory with it. You know, because they didn't make you pay your rent. They didn't make you pay your rent. Yeah, so I know. They were deferring to burn. So ended up just spending all that money on inventory. Word. So the first 3,000 orders, I actually shipped out from my apartment myself. Boxed them all myself. I was running an Instagram, Bro, customer what? service, like did the entire thing. And he was just, he was watching me in the entire yeah, time. He was like, like, bro, like, bro, let's I go. See it. I, I see, see it. it. He even I wore the sweatshirt out a couple times on homecoming. Sure. He was just like, bro, I'm getting some feedback on this. So, yeah, they was on. Yeah, they was yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I knew what the normal world would think about it. I knew what society would think about it. But what would the golf world think about it? That was really the question. Mm. What would you know, and even it? asking him that question, he was like, bro, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, taking it from there, it was a great response when we went down to the PGA show. Yeah, like, I was curious. I was like, you know, to go from... You know, just wearing on the street is one right. thing, yeah. but as y'all described to me, what it sounds like the uniform is yeah. Uh, yeah. on the course, this is very different. Yeah. And so, walk me through play by play as we go into the PGA for the first time as Eastside Golf. Mm -hmm. What's the feeling? What's it looking like? No, I mean, it was one of those things where for me, I'm like, I'm not sure. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Going into it, and you know, we think I think about it now. I think we was at that time probably was Snapchat was really popping Snapchat. off. Snapchat. So we yeah. was kind of like, I think Instagram was just starting to bubble a little bit, but it was more like Snapchat. And so we're capturing a little bit of it. And for me, I had been to tons of shows, right? Because I'm in the industry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like another day, it's like somebody going on the complex con. You're right. just like, like I, I, know. I, know, I know what to do. <laughs> so we're doing it. And you can start to see kind of people looking a little bit. And the crazy part about it was, remember, we couldn't even get in. Yeah. Like, Wait, what you um, mean you couldn't get in? Well, like the, my name wasn't coming up in the system, my number, we wasn't registered. I'm PGA like, yo, professional. I'm like, yo, what? popping up. Yeah, I'm like, yo, oh, like I'm man. this, that, and they like, like, man, your name is here. <laughs> I'm like, my boy run this. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, don't do it, my boy. Yeah, right. my boy run. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to call him. <laughs> so long story oh. short, I was a young lady, she ended up getting us in. And from there, we just walked around. And like I tell people all the time, you always, you can feel when people are looking at you. Mm -hmm. And so People just looking, staring, asking, what is that? And we literally did a whole lap and we went to all the different brands and people were just constantly like, like he said, like I got the same response that he got. Wow. You know, who are you? What is that logo? Yeah. I don't think they, and do you play golf, right? And so I can remember, because at this time too, for me, I'm like not even knee deep. I'm head deep in something completely different. Huh. You know what I mean? And booming. Like, we're doing yeah. really well. You're doing and I'm, the tours. You're yeah, training. I'm yeah. happy. Like, it's, things are going good. Like, we was working in the mayor's office. We had co-founded this program called HBCU Week, and things are rolling. Huh. 
And I'll never forget, too, because he'll tell you, like, we had had a gala that we were hosting the next month or, yeah. And I'm like, bro, like, they're not going to let me leave. Like, my team is going to kill me if I'm running off to Orlando (laughs) for this this logo, basically. And they're like, yo, bro, you know, we got work to do. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. And But long story short, I will never forget it. We got back to the hotel, hmm. and I literally looked at him, and I'm like, yo, you got something. Hmm. You got something. Like, hmm. yeah. at first, obviously, you see the logo, you think it's dope. I'm supporting my homie. Of course. My friend, my boy. All right, cool. But then when I seen that. In that's, person? In person? It? That's when I knew in my mind, like, oh, okay. No, no, no. I got to start spending more of my time huh. on this. How did you two's working relationship start to form, right? Because it's different being friends. It's different playing golf together. Yeah. Now, um, now we're trying to run a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole thing was we won a national championship together before. You know, so mm-hmm. being on teams, like, we've argued before at Morehouse. So, like, now it's like, you knew bro, what I, mean, I don't have knew, anything to, yeah. I don't have anything right. to argue with him about yeah. it. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, 100%. for real. But now it's just like, hey, man, I mean, there's no ego. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm wrong, like, bro, I'm fine with being wrong. Yeah. That means he's right, and that makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't have to be right. That's yeah. not what this is about. Right. Like, Eastside Golf is about building something to change golf forever. Mm. If I'm not right in that process, correct me by all means. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people aren't really like that. Yeah. You know, it's that ego. Like, I got to yeah. run it. I got to be everything. Don't, like, don't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, like, and, and, I, and I even back up, like, and I, I haven't said this in front of him, but how many people you know would start a brand and then name somebody else CEO? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's... That's where my that's mind a, is. But like, that's being able to remove the ego because, as you said, the purpose behind what you're doing is not to build up your name. Correct. The purpose behind you're doing is to change the game. Correct. Right? Correct. Yes. So I can yeah. understand how you would get to that, to mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to double back to you on was the sacrifices that were taken financially. Mm-hmm. When you were going through those moments financially and you were doing those things, what's going through your mind? Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> like, that's all I got. Oatmeal, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oatmeal, but uh, I mean, this gotta work. Like, gotta work. I'm not going back to finance. Mm. You know, like that corporate lifestyle, I'm not with it. And on top of that, I felt like I could run the company mm. at one point. Mm. And would they ever let me run it? Me being a 28 year old <sighs> regional sales manager, you know, black man at that. I'd have to be 60 or 50 yeah. years old. Before It'd be another 30 like years. To, yeah, even another, though he was already running up the numbers. Right, right, right. It'd be right. another 30 years until they let me see that. Yeah. But it's just like that pushed me to, well, Lajman, what do you want to do? Hmm. And then I started to creep up on 30. And in my head, when I was turning 30, I was like, this is how my life is going to be. Yeah. Like, this is it. You like, met, you, however, you saw it. when you, you see like, 30, Dug. that's when you start looking at the women more serious <laughs> and everything starts to, like, come you're together. Like, you, you're like, I like, need to this bring this my, life in. Yeah, I need to, this like, have to it's start. starting to get permanent. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's starting to Whatever form. you, this is it. Yeah, this is what you're going to be doing The concrete is starting to harden a yeah, little bit. It's going to be for a long time. So <laughs> what I was doing just wasn't it. You know, my territory was the Midwest. You know, doing my job, I was... Out on the roads a lot of nights yeah. and getting stopped in cop cars a lot. Word. Oh, yeah. Like, 
I mean, it's nothing I can really tell my corporate job of what went on. Like, mm -hmm. well, did you get the sale? You know, how many times I went huh. into a commercial finance building where they're selling, you know, Kenworth, mm -hmm. Peterbilt, all of these uh, different truck companies and go in there, how you doing? My name's Elijah And they're just like, well, how you doing? How can I help you? What you here and for? And it's just like, well, I mean, I'm fully suited. Yeah. Well, I, I finance tractor trailers. Uh, okay, well, you got a business card? I'm gonna look you up, <laughs> you know? But then yeah. there's, you know, two other guys that didn't don't get, get the role. Yeah, they don't get that type of treatment, yeah. you know? So, and they definitely look different than me. So just going through that over the years and then politics that work, yeah. you know, I was just tired of it. Yeah. Why not do something for me to where, you know, I can actually attain my goal? Like my goal is to turn pro in golf. Mm. That is the final, that is goal. final goal. And that's why Eastside Golf isn't, I mean, like, I know what my final objective is. Right, right. He knows what his is. Right. And that's why also we work so well together because mm -hmm. Honestly, we feel like this isn't our last stop. Yeah, you know, it's just like, a part of it's a part of the journey. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. So, but I, all in all, I just I mean, I say that going through all of those things, I had to learn all of those things mm -hmm. in the corporate job mm -hmm. to know how to run this business. Yeah, to know how to lead, to know yeah. where. I mean, really put yourself in a position to win. Mm -hmm. And whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. make, that, make happen that happen because the, everybody's going to win. I try to tell a lot of folks that is you can't rush certain things you can't rush. And there's certain experiences that you do need. And so yeah. a lot of times cats don't see the value in going into some of these infrastructures. Right. And me personally, I did struggle with that as well. But what I realized, I was working at a smaller brand years ago when I got in there and I was like, oh. I'm learning, oh, this is how you put a system together. Correct. Oh, I can, I can do the plan, the strategic planning. Oh, this is, oh, you need pe this people to do this. But, oh, and right. then when I got out, right. and I was like, you know, you, you know how to put no, the, no, the no, pieces I mean, together. And yeah, I agree. Exactly. I agree. I mean, you definitely, and I, I tell people, too, you got to be a good follower in order to be a good leader. Absolutely. Nice. You know what I mean? You take on those characteristic traits and... As you, like we tell people, and even on our team, it's like, we know what it takes because we did it. Hmm. Like, I'm not asking you to do nothing that we didn't do. You know, like we were even having a conversation and this person, when they hear it, they'll know. They're like, um, we're like, oh, we're going to expand on a different social media platform. And they're like, well, who's going to like, we don't have the bandwidth. I'm like bandwidth like, <laughs> you never had the bandwidth. Never had no bandwidth like we didn't just you know you figure it you out and then, you figure it out and then you know it's like solution oriented has always right. kind of been you know one of the things that oh is always focused on you know and i'll say for me having been a part of other businesses and seeing them scale i also learned a lot about myself through that process mm -hmm. and i knew who i was going into this situation and we could have some very honest upfront conversations and just keep it like communication is the key it's mm -hmm. like you know hey this is what's gonna work this is what's not gonna work right. and as you grow and as you scale like even now like it's just super important for us just to communicate so much because again you look at our phone he's got 50 new people he just met i got 50 <laughs> new people i just met i'm in new york he's in atlanta this that and the third people get in your ear and then next thing you know it's like you know i've seen it happen one too many times and it's like 
the key is just that line of communication and even stopping just to say hello. Like, yo, how mm. you doing, bro? How you doing? Yeah. Like, forget the numbers. Forget the J's. Forget the Hulu doc. Like, yeah. how's my bro doing? Yeah, how you living? Like, you good? Like, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, we've been on the move, but let, yeah. let me check like, in. And we, yeah. we seeing each other. We talking. We in meetings and all of that. But, yeah. like, nah, like, when do you stop to work on the friendship? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. it can become straight business and then you end up, like, you don't even want to be around this person because it's just all business. Mm -hmm. And it's like... You know, I think that's one of the things that I know we're just being super conscious of. Like, yo, mm. like, this is my friend overall. Like, the money come and go. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. whether Eastside left tomorrow, I still my homie. Like, what mm -hmm. we've done, what we built is still amazing. And it's like, just, but that does take work, too. And yeah. I feel like that's what people don't understand. Like, yeah. having successful, healthy relationships with it people is not easy. They don't just exist. Nothing just exists, exactly. right? Exactly. It's like a plant. You know what I'm saying? Right. You get a plant, you don't water the plant, what's going to happen to the it's plant? Gonna die. It's going to die. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's the same. Relationships, yeah. business, it's the same. Correct. You Correct. I mean? And we're mindful of that. Like, yo, he can, he'll tell you there was a time when I'm like, bro, you all right? Like, I knew something wasn't right. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you're mindful of that. Like, all right, bro, you need to take a break. Mm -hmm. Go do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I want you as a person to be right. Or he'll come to me like, I'll be like, yo, I need off, bro. Take as much time as you need because... You're also conscious of like maybe it could be the worst time doing the business too, but mm -hmm. it's just like nah, like I still care about the person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And if the person is healthy and doing what the person needs to do, then I know ultimately the business will benefit. Yeah. And fortunately, I would say we're hiring for when we kind of drift off or go take mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. time, we have somebody to pick that up the slack. Correct. That's yeah. Like yeah, like when, like when I walk away, we have a uh, brand advisor. He takes over. He just keeps working mm -hmm. hella away. And then when he takes off, I actually replace him as CEO. I mean, I've done this before. So yeah. it's like, oh, it's business good, thing. Yeah, yeah it just, I just drift right into it. I kind of, and then I kind of leave the design <laughs> hat, but then I go into taking care of my employees. Mm. So, yeah, man, it's a great balance. I do want to get a little bit to like the growth and all of that in a little bit. But one thing I wanted to ask you before we jumped into that is, we talked about how the introduction of the, the PGA tournament went, mm -hmm. but how does the wider community respond when you think about your aesthetic is vastly different than my khakis? And so to say, some of the traditional golfers out there, mm -hmm. what's that like? I mean, I think they're like, finally, like we said the other day, like we're more focused on building with people that want to work with us. Yeah. So like, it's not necessarily about trying to convince all these other customers. How are we treating our current customers? Hmm. You know, it's not about like we tell people we don't want sponsorship, we want partnership. partnership. So for us, I don't really pay attention to the other noise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he'll tell you, like I'm a pretty positive person. Like I don't even negativity, like say, you know, it exists, but not necessarily in my world. Yep. And so I've always and we've always been kind of focused on like we rock people that rock with us. Yeah. If I gotta convince you to do this, then yeah. What we doing? Yeah. Right? It should never feel like you're selling. When we return, Eastside Golf works to build a work culture for the culture. Wow. We're in season four of the Claim of Stories podcast, sponsored by our amazing partners at Vistaprint. And we're still on a mission to inspire and empower entrepreneurs of color to claim a seat at any table of their choosing. 
Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you should know that Vista continues to be the best resource for print and design. They don't just print business cards, they print everything to help your business stand out. And when I say everything, I mean stickers, t-shirts, tote bags, mugs, and even snapback hats. Whatever you need, Vista can make it happen. So if you're looking for ways to help your small business stand out, think Vistaprint. Right now, new customers like you can get 20% off your next order of $75 or more, plus free standard shipping. Just use the code CLAIMASTORIES at checkout. Hey, it's Bima. Welcome back to the Claim of Stories podcast. So Eastside Golf starts to grow, and Elijah Wan and Earl are working to build a work culture that is rooted in kindness and authenticity. All while working with some of your favorite brands, including golf enthusiasts, Hand the Goat, Michael Jordan. How has, like, the wider golf community and the golf world in general received Eastside Golf. And the reason I was asking that is because mm-hmm. y'all's aesthetic is vastly different from what we see out there. Like, you know, it, and that's also, if I'm being honest, that's partially been my own resistance to golf has mm-hmm. been the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just doesn't speak to me, as Vashti would say. It doesn't speak to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so because your aesthetic does speak to me, I'm curious to know how, you know, those traditionalists have been responding to that. I mean, it's so, man, that's why one of the things, I remember when I made the logo, mm-hmm. you know, like, now I want you to look at it. Oh so <laughs> when I made the logo, you know, one of the first questions that I got asked was, damn, what is that around his neck? Stop. Is that a noose? Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Word. Like, yo, I wouldn't even thinking that. Then you just well, like, well, the question why are is, we? why would I be walking around? Tell me about it. Why would but, I do that? I don't know, but mm. I will say it's very new for mm. them. To the only other time that a black figure has been put in the limelight and like really been shined upon because he earned it, Tiger mm-hmm. Woods. You know, mm-hmm. other than that, now we're taking this black logo mm-hmm. and you know putting it out in front of everybody because I mean I do want it to be a beacon. Yes. You know, I want. For black folks to see them, like, damn, I can actually I do can that. Do this. Can right. I, you know what? Let me put on jeans, sweatshirt, Cuban link chain, just go to the and I can still, you know, go try and we can just yeah. we can just do it like that until I, you know, just work my way up. Right. But I feel as though a lot of people, like he said, are just like it's about time. Mm. You know, damn, like I feel like I see myself within yeah. that logo. Like I've seen really none, no people in the middle. Mm-hmm. Really, it's either I really love it or, or yo, what the hell is that? <laughs> right. You know, so. Yeah. And then when they see the East Side Golf, mm-hmm. they like, damn, it it matches, it, matches, it, it, it feels right. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I just feel like they're accepting it every, a day at a time. Yeah. A day but, at a time. And I think there's a nugget in there that's important of what y'all said is like, you're not out here trying to chase everybody. You're speaking specifically to us. And also in speaking to us, you also have this drive to change the way that things have been, right? right? And you can't always do that by trying to please everybody. Right. Like, you're going to ruffle right. some feathers. Yeah. And, but also, I think in speaking to us, I think we're speaking to us because we've never been spoken to mm. on a golf lens on a vast majority. But at the same time, we also aren't just making black clothing, Mm-mm. right? And this clothing is for everyone. Like, I, you know, one of my new favorite lines is like, You've never played polo, but you wear Ralph Lauren. Of course. Right? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, everybody. I knew wore polo. Never played polo a day in their life. hundred <laughs> percent. So it's like 
don't box our brand in that same regard. If the quality's there, if the story's there, you know what I mean? We make clothing for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things we're focused on, you know, that, that you know, black people in this game have been kind of ostracized or put oh, to yeah, the side. Oh, yeah, we get put in a box. The moment you, y'all remember when black streetwear was popular, you know, becoming super popular in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they would automatically deem it something, yeah. right, urban. Right. That's yeah. what we yeah, got yeah, called. Yeah. Immediate. Yeah. Urban. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, fam, it's a, it's jeans and a jean jacket. Yeah. Right, right. We've definitely been called in <laughs> urban golf wear in magazines. Stop. So, Still. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you see it even in music, right? Like, it's yeah. music, but it's the urban or black music or that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like, the amazing thing about music is similar to clothes. It's like, it connects with everybody. It does. And like, you may not know, I don't know Spanish that well, but I know Bad Bunny when I hear it. Like, I, soon as song I, hear, come, I know. I don't know a word. Or we was in Japan and somebody put on some music. You don't have to know the words. Mm -hmm in order to kind of connect. And I yeah. feel like that's kind of the clothing, you know what I mean, metaphor. where we are with the brand. It's like, you don't necessarily have to play golf in order to connect with it. It's more mm. of like what it represents. How does it make you feel? Right. What's the quality of it? Those sorts of things is what draws, draws people, people in. in. What's the story behind it? Mm. That's what draws people in, not necessarily just, oh, well, it's just this, it's this mm. black golf brand. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah, and honestly, to raise black economic power, mm. you can do that through golf. Mm. I mean, Tell me more. more black people or more diverse people that go to the golf course, their circles build. Mm. Now you all of a sudden get four or five hours with a guy that just plays golf, looks nothing like you, mm -hmm. you know, like only interest is golf. golf. But you guys have so many other interests and so many other things that you do. Mm. And that's another thing. We're not here to make pro golfers. Mm -hmm. Like we're here for you to pick the game up yeah. so you can go out and now meet all of these different people. You might meet the next person that you interviewing. Right. No facts. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Just all of us. And he's not a pro golfer. Yeah. It might not be nothing, nothing about golf. Yeah. You right. might start off, yo, I met this dude on a golf course, but he does X, Y, Z. The <laughs> entire thing is about X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it started off with, mm, golf. with golf. And that's what I want to give so many other business people, yeah. entrepreneurs, people that just live everyday life. They can really raise mm. their economic power mm. just by going to the golf course. That's 100%. powerful, right? It's allowing you to get in the circles that maybe that you otherwise would never be in. And go to a public golf course as well. Mm. These guys, the guys that usually play golf, entrepreneurs, doctors, yeah. lawyers, they're playing on their break, <laughs> just guys that have that extra money to spend, Yeah, you know? Like, yep. these are the guys that are out on the golf course. course. Why not go meet these guys? You know, what do they do? Do you want to do the same thing? <laughs> do you want to be out there <laughs> golf course there? midday like them? Maybe you want to go see, right. see how see they got there. Yeah. Go see what they do. No, but, that's yeah, dope. Exactly. That's dope. Speaking of, like, building and expanding on the business side of things, mm -hmm. right? Like, y'all introduced different articles, different garments, right? Different mm -hmm. products. I got to imagine... It hadn't been like the easiest thing, and every every vendor hasn't been the easiest. What's a, a horror story or something that just happened that you was like, yeah, that that's not happening again? <laughs> um, one thing that I've learned from doing this is don't rush. Mm. When it comes to apparel, mm -hmm. make sure it's right. Mm. Done all. If it ain't right, don't come out with it. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. Like that is ingrained in my mind. In mind. If it ain't right, don't come out with it. Just wait. Yeah. Or do it right and then come out with something. One horror story that I got is we have an NBA licensing deal. Yeah. And we chose a vendor and it was kind of like a rush project. Because you wanted to try to get hit mm -hmm. a timeline. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and they said they could hit the timeline. Yeah, they said they hit the timeline. We paid extra money. 
you know, to hit, oh, well, I know you just played the deposit. You're going to have to pay the rest of it. I need it. And it's just like. Oh, they kept asking was, for more money. Yeah, and this was maybe like a year and a half ago, a year mm -hmm. ago or something. So, but we ended up paying all the money. I mean, the goods came back and they did not look like we needed them to. You, you so had like we, the Gordon Gautreaux? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. So we ended up coming out with the shirts, but it were only up on the site for like a week. You know, we just pulled them and yeah. we're just like, we need to do this the right way. Wow. Talked to NBA, said we're going to do a re-release. They said, mm -hmm. okay. So actually we'll be uh, coming out with NBA playing golf after this, our capsule, in February. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah man, that's All-Star time, man. The right yeah, way. The right way. During All-Star. All yeah. 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 The right All -Star way. drop, and then a Ooh. team collab. Yeah. Coming, mm -hmm. I, did your heart drop when that was happening? What, the... Uh, the when you got the shirts back and, and they were... It was, it was different than what y'all was expecting. I'm going to be honest. We were going so fast that I felt like we could make the money back. Okay. You know, like, I felt like you we had a hot brand. Problem solving. Yeah. That's where I go every yeah. time. Like, I got too many people to worry about, <laughs> and I don't have time to sit here, and he looking at me, everybody looking at me, and some, everybody looking at him sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, well, what are we going to do? Nah. This is what we're going to do. Gonna solution, do. solution, all right, mm -hmm. bet. That's where we're going to go. Make the pivot. Just know not to do that no more. That's what I've learned. Yeah. If you do it again, that's on you, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> you know, like, you, you know it now. Yeah, you don't know it now. You didn't learn that lesson. Don't do Correct. that again. Like, mm, uh. I feel you. Now, y'all know good management is at the foundation of every 100%. business, right? Absolutely. Uh, as y'all been growing, What's been the experience with managing a team across the nation, right? Because folks right, are in different spaces, and you need them to be, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. What's that been like? No, I mean, I think it's, it's a challenge. It's a daily challenge. I don't think that we to get where we need to go, we know that we got to bring everybody in the office. And, you know, he'll tell you, I'm, I've been screaming that for a while. Like, now nah, we got to get bring them in. But I think also it's about building a culture. Like, we mm. want to build a culture where people want to come work for Eastside Golf and are excited and understand all of the different facets that are happening. I think it's also just important to, like, lead with kindness, mm. right? Like, you can demand greatness and without being rude. Absolutely. You know what I mean? A like, lot of people just hadn't seen that. Right, right. right. So they just assume, I got to go yell at everybody. Right. Yeah. I got to treat people a certain way to motivate Correct. them. And it's like, nah, like we genuinely care about these people and their family and want to make sure that they're doing okay. And that has nothing to do with the standard of excellence that we expect as well. Mm. And it's just communicating. Like, like I tell our, like, if you can't get something done, it's okay. But don't do it where we expect it to get done and it's like, oh, yeah, final report is done. Like, I always use the analogy is like, if. You expect someone to master your album, right? So you mm. did all everything. You're like, all right, I'm going to go because I got to hand my album yeah, in. Yep. And then the deadline comes and they're like, oh, bro, you know what? I really didn't know what I was doing or this, that, and the third. It's like, well, you could have let me, me know. <laughs> and I would have simply went to someone else that could have done it. But now the label's looking at me to hand in my album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we've been in that circumstances numerous times where yeah. people have said that they could do something. Yeah. And that's what we kind of stress. Like, mm -hmm. If you're trying, let us know you're trying so at least right. we can, you know. Know when to intervene. Exactly. Right? And I think, too, we now move, like, with parallel paths. So, like, right now we're looking to open an office in New York and okay. in Atlanta, right? Okay. But we're hiring a commercial broker and using our network. Mm -hmm. But not just relying on our on network yep, yep. or not just relying on the commercial broker. It's like, no, we can have both paths moving yeah, at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you got to do that. You, I, that was one of the things I learned working in corporate is – 
don't rely on that one thing. You know, I actually got into the space where, you know, you're putting proposals together and you're putting pitches together. And um, I remember one time I had one, June, June Ambrose came mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how when she was very young in her career, she had brought somebody one idea. And they said no. And he said, don't ever do that ever again in your life. And she was like, why? She's like, sometimes you don't have time to go back and come up with another idea. Wow. So you need to have yeah, three more yeah. to pitch. The same is the same for scenarios and yeah. problem solving. 100%. Sometimes that one idea, that one plan is not going to work. So Correct. what's the second? What's the Correct. third? Right. What's the third Correct. option? You don't have time to always go back, back and plan, like, oh, make a phone call. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so um, that was also something that I learned coming up. Had to learn the hard way. And since then, you know, I be having, <laughs> you yeah. know, I got the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got <laughs> yeah. you, like, oh, what? you don't like, like that? On. I got another one. Oh, yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> Hold on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's important to think about those things. And it's really, you know, cool to hear how y'all have been expanding yeah. and, and parallel pathing yeah. mm-hmm. things on the way. How do you think? Eastside golf is disrupting things from a cultural standpoint when it comes to fashion. When it comes to fashion. Yeah. This is the first time golf has ever been used in culture. And then the word fashion. I and feel it, like. and <laughs> really, yeah. And this in depth in the word fashion yeah. as well. Yeah. Like the special thing about Eastside is the same pieces that can be sold to Whistling Straits where mm-hmm. they hold the Ryder Cup to that pro shop. Yeah. We're selling them to Up NYC to Fat Joe. That's fine. You know, so seeing 70-year-old white man wear the same thing a 15-year-old black boy is wearing, that's power. That is power. Yeah. You know, that's power. not that's a influence. lot of brands, not <laughs> a lot of brands can reach I mean, that's that, global that brands. far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's only happening on Nike, Adidas, Reebok. Like global brands are the only brands that are, are having doing that. that far wide um generation. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I wanted to, and I've been like, I've been holding on asking this question because I, I wanted to start it out with this question, but, you. you know, the show on Hulu, uh, mm. Grailed, y'all talked about the journey of the collab with Jordan and that partnership. Mm-hmm. I think before we get into the design side, why is that partnership so important and unique with Eastside Golf, Jordan and Eastside Golf? For those that may not get it outside looking in, why is this so significant? I think it's significant because, first off, golf is a passion of MJ. You know, like, he has golf shoes, but you see they don't really have a golf apparel just yet. They might have a little polo, but Mm -hmm. not strictly golf apparel. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I think they will come out with it. But it fits because so many things Mm -hmm. that Jordan did, he involved golf within it. Mm -hmm. Even created his own golf course. Yeah. You know, he has so many stories on how golf actually made him a better person. Better person. And yeah. A I mean, yeah. a better, like, even the mental aspect. I mean, Steph Curry says all of the same things that MJ says, kind of. But, I mean, it just makes sense from even our perspective, like, how I marketed the brand at first mm-hmm. was to be for all athletes. Hmm. You know, when I would post something... It would be of J.R. Smith playing golf. Yeah. It would be of Deion Sanders just holding a golf club. It would be of <laughs> right. Martin Luther King holding a golf club. Like, they might never even seen none of these pictures, you know? <laughs> but, like, marketing with that, mm-hmm. giving it the vibe of this is for culture. Yeah. Right. So many people just really just dove on it. Wow. That, hey, I'm a weekend golfer, but this feel, I like all of these people, but mm-hmm. I didn't know they touched golf clubs. Yeah. Maybe I should do the same. Huh. And. It just fit together to where now, you know, NBA licensing deal, 
MLB licensing deal and working on the NFL licensing deal. Come on. So, yeah. like y'all's reach, and you know, this reach is getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, PGA 2K23 and, Come on. And, and NBA 2K23. You you yeah. choose an avatar, you'll be able to put Esau. Get out of here. Yeah, man. Nah, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. This is nuts. Yeah. So, tell me about the sneakers, like, Tell me what was happening in your inner circles when, you know, the sneakers started to come to life. Because, you know, for us, like, Jordans, you know, that's... And it's coveted. That's culture. That's mm -hmm. us. You know what I mean? Like, you could ask me at a certain age if I wanted anything, and the answer would always be Jordans. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to work on a Jordan with your brand on it, what did that mean to your families and your friends? Yeah, for me, it... I mean, it meant like I was out here actually putting in that work hmm. first off, hmm. you know, like my nieces and nephews finally have somebody to look up to like that are that close, yeah. you know, like all of them came to me with like business plans. Yo, can you look over my, <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got y'all motivated. <laughs> damn, but uh, <laughs> I like this. Bro. All I got to do is be successful That's and bring y'all. You, you right. definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, nah, like, I mean, my family just really circled around me and was just like, whatever I need to do to support, wow. I'm with it, wow. you know? In our circles, too. Yeah. Like, all of my close friends are just, I mean, extremely proud of mm -hmm. me. Like, it's just like, damn, I would have, I mean, you deserve it, bro. Like, you was always hustling, and that's yeah. for both of us. And for our family and friends to now, like, a, like see it, yeah. it's crazy. Yo, it's crazy. They so even, wild. like, be giving them shoes Give, sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, like, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, and I'm seeing like people showing up courtside, you know, yeah. Rashad, you know, yeah. from uh, Earl Leisure, yeah. you know, he showed yeah. up exactly. in the 12. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I was like, it's Only really city. cool to start to see how it's spreading, you know, to all these different touch points within right. all these different aspects of. Yeah. And I think, our too, lives. when I think about it, it's one of those things where oftentimes good ideas are viewed as like, damn, I've never thought of that. That makes sense, mm -hmm. right? But what. I think the beauty in what we have going on is the fact that you're starting to see it in through fashion and golf, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, damn, that makes sense. Yeah. And so the more and more that happens, it's like the more and more we just continue to normalize it. Because, again, I think it's important to know the ultimate goal is to take away the shock. Mm -hmm. Like the ultimate goal is that for that young black boy or girl to be walking down the street with a golf club, and you're like, oh, that's what's up. They headed to that golf course. I know exactly where they're going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's you know just a I'm part saying? of the behavior. It's, yeah, it's just a part of the behavior, right? Yeah. Like, we're not caught up in just the 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 shock appeal. Yeah. It's like, nah, we want this to be normalized, yeah. where golf is a sport, and it's not, yo, if Eastside got the Jays, yeah, that's where they should be. Hmm. They should be courtside, because and we understand the importance of that. Like, if you know you courtside, the first thing you're going to think about, what's the shoes I'm wearing? Yeah. What? So to pick know, those. You know what I'm about right. to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This dude got a million followers or whatever. Or yeah. Or yeah. Or Rashad. Like, it's like, so for us, it's more of an honor mm -hmm. that hears you. And I get humbled by it all the time, especially when we see, like, NBA player Jason Tatum. Yeah. Can wear anything you want in the world. And you decide to wear Eastside. Yeah. And the list goes on. There's so many other people that have a ton of money, no money. It's just one of those things where it's like we're humbled and appreciative to every person that wears it. And then, like I've always said from the beginning, there's a lot of people that wear it. Hmm. But then when you start posting it and yeah. you get paid to post, 
and you, you ain't getting paid for, to post this and you're doing it for free, yeah. you really rock with us. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what that means. They that's, really that's what I'm rock saying. with you. Like, yeah. we got people that doing stuff for our brand, mm-hmm. the brands that they're signed to can't even get them to do. Yeah. <laughs> and they hitting y'all like, what y'all did? What yeah. y'all they like, yo, like, you know, like a classic example would be DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. Sending them the locker. Mm-hmm. That's organic. Khaled just went up went with up it. it. Yeah. It's not like, yo, we told him, yo, at this time, do this, do that. And there's been so many examples of that. I'm just saying he has one of the largest social media followers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And understands his reach. Mm-hmm. And justifiably so. But it's just like, when you get a moment like that, for us, it humbles us. We mm-hmm. never take those things for granted. Because yeah. you don't know... There could come a day where people are like, nah, I want to get paid for it. But that's never really been the approach that we've mm-hmm. taken, where mm-hmm. people just genuinely rock with the brand. Right. They understand the mission. Mm-hmm. They understand what we're going after. And they're like, we like, come along with us because we yeah, need come on the, the community Absolutely. To do it. Can't yeah. do it by yourself. Yeah. You need to bring your community along with you. And I guess I'll just add, I mean, I know this is just a little bit off, but just to talk about the power of the logo, one of the the most surprising things with doing this mm-hmm. is this is the first time I've ever seen a black man logo be counterfeited. Wait, like wait. it being you that had counterfeited like that, but Dan being counterfeited. I know y'all heard that story. Dap was being counterfeited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like imagine, what? yeah, imagine companies coming out with a staple sweatshirt, but it has literally our logo on it. By all means, anybody correct me. This is the first time I've ever seen a logo of a black man being counterfeited. So you can go make money somewhere else. Awful. You know what I'm saying? That's but it's wild. a but that just shows you the power of, of what y'all black man and what and w- of a black man in golf. Like yeah. I hope people really understand yeah. how powerful that is because once they get into it and mm-hmm. see that there are black men actually doing it, black women actually doing it. I mean, it's going to open your eyes. It's going to change a lot of things. Yeah. But that's just crazy. That, I mean, it speaks to the strength, right? You know, mm-hmm. what do they say? Imitation? Is, yeah, that's yeah. Flattery. Flattery. I mean, right, right now, like, <laughs> even the 12s. Like, yeah, yeah, the 12s are being bootlegged, you know what I mean, in China. <laughs> oh like, goodness. there's a, um, the spot in Jersey. It's called Cowtown where they make, you know, you can go get a bunch oh, of counterfeit stuff yeah. and whatever. Yeah, it was there. Bootleg, it's there. Um, we just sent the cease and desist to this one uh, website where they were like, they took our logo and basically said you could put it on like any t-shirt you want or any hoodie you want. Mm-hmm. And things and the price is way down. It's like 40 bucks or something like that. So again, it's one of those things Ooh. where we had an incident where a gentleman literally bought up inventory and started to resell, resell it for it? a higher price. And was like tagging us though, like wasn't Wait, even like doing it on like the low. Like he like, yo, he like, nah, bro. Like it's it's what? it's one of the things where when you see that type of demand yeah. for something, and again, we just keep getting the power of this thing just continues to reach and go into so many different places that yeah. I don't think anyone could have ever imagined. And I think it's difficult for people to imagine because one, you've never played golf, yeah. right? So how can I tell you the power of golf if I ain't never, never played? played it. You know what I mean? And I think that's also difficult for a lot of brands to accept, mm. right? Because when we come to the mm. table, it's like, like I was talking to my boy the other day, and this doesn't necessarily fit for everyone, but it's mm-hmm. just like, how can I ask you for directions where I want to go if you've never been? Exactly. What are you going to tell me? 
You right? can't tell me. Right. So <laughs> now you may be able to give me certain principles. Sure. You may be able to instill in me, you know, your experience. Sure. You know, ideas. all of that is very yeah. ideas. All of that is super important. But like, you gotta understand, like, the path that we're on. Mm -hmm. Again, if you haven't spent hours hitting golf balls, if you mm -hmm. haven't walked to the golf course, and all of these things kind of feed into like the decision making that's happening on a daily basis to shape it. Hmm. You can't advise it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So fellas, y'all are expanding. The partnerships, they keep coming and they're mm -hmm. great, right? And you're more intentional and you're growing, you're opening different offices and things. Outside of that, what's next, right? Are we ever going to see brick and mortar? Is we ever going to see, you know, pop-ups? Like, what are y'all thinking from that standpoint? What's next is uh, we just did sign a Web3 deal. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so getting into the NFT space, yeah. getting into, you know, uh, just more people being able to buy the NFT, but then seeing the functionality yep. from it. Yep. But also these NFTs, you can buy them straight cash and not need cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. oh, you know, so dope. making it available for so many more people. Mm -hmm. But then even moving past that, I would say two, three years from now, Eastside Golf Club, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, with us, it only makes sense with us having a now Nike Golf account. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we sell Nike golf mm -hmm. shoes on our mm -hmm. site, uh, all the new ones that come out. Yeah. Why not have a pro shop or Eastside Golf exactly. Club to where now you could come buy Eastside Golf, you could buy Nike golf shoes yeah. and and potentially clubs as well. You yeah, know, I might like, have the most exclusive club in your hand after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you know just, just partnering with the right partner. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll be watching this and they'll be like, man, I'm like, Y'all you know? about to have but, a lineup now. Now you yeah, put that out there. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But that's what it's about. I yeah. mean, like, that Eastside Golf Club definitely being something for juniors, definitely mm -hmm. being something where it can just be fun. And also now selling it, or it being in East Atlanta and now yeah. presenting golf in just a different light and a different way that has never been seen before. Man, I yeah. love this, fellas. Yeah. Like, the vision is crazy. What y'all been able to do is crazy. What y'all going to continue to do is nuts. Y'all know we're going to have to run this back. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Back. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot to touch on. Yeah. yeah. I think I think you're going to want us back in about December, January. I was, was, was going to say, I was like, it ain't going to be long. December, January. <laughs> I was like, I, I think, think you're going to want to be like, hey, uh... run it back, run it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my last question I wanted to ask both of you, and I want both of you to, to take this one. What advice would you have for young creatives, young entrepreneurs coming up that are inspired by what you're doing? It's going to be different that comes from <laughs> both of us. I'm going to tell you now. I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, for me, I think it's just very important to like know your strengths quickly. The sooner you know what you're good at, hmm. I think then you can start to begin to put things in place to kind of say, all right, I'm not good at this, so how do I kind of overcome that? I would also say I think it's very important to, like we talked about before the show started rolling, like learn under someone, mm. right? Again, I said earlier, like a good leader is a good follower, and there's been numerous examples where, you know, I wasn't the man. And I think, again, it's about, those moments there, how you accept those moments are going to be the foundational block to build where, you know, you ultimately need to go. And, you know, I would just say, lastly, I think it's one of those things where just figure it out. Like we live in a YouTube world, yep. Google.com, like yep. there ain't nothing you can't do. Can't There's nothing you can't find, like figure it out. And I think that's one of the reasons why we were able to get to where we were today, because 
I can give you so many examples where I had no idea what the hell I was doing, but mm. we figured it out. Yeah. I would go first off with uh, experience. Mm. You know, if you can, like, oh, you just said that. Go learn under somebody, mm. but really get that work experience so you can figure out what structures of company looks mm-hmm. looks like. How you going to want your own company, but you ain't never worked? You ain't even you even had an entry level like. position. You don't know what no boss looked like, or you can't even hear him talking to you. You ain't never had that, so now you don't even know what to say to your employee. Right? Oh, go get it done. I ain't gonna. Ain't it's gonna a strategic work. way. <laughs> Need to do this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so experience, go get that. Yeah. I would say definitely confidence is mm. another one. I mean, if you feel as though you have a sound plan and. We're not going off of feelings. Mm-hmm. We're not doing feelings. Mm-hmm. I want to know why this is going to work. Why is going to work? Like, tell me. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if it makes sense, it does. But yeah. if it doesn't, then why? why would I what do are it? we doing? Yeah. You know, yeah. you really going to waste your time to do this? Mm-hmm. It must be some <laughs> God feeling that you got to why this is going to work. Like, nah, you need a reason. You need a reason. Like, I mean, with yeah. every single idea that comes in, like, even with people that work on our team, I mean, you have a great idea. I mean, the first question I'm asking is why? Hmm. You know, so, but definitely having reasons on why your idea would work mm-hmm. and definitely a business plan, work on that. Yeah. And like I said, confidence, man, there were so many times when I started this, it was like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. I couldn't mm-hmm. even see it. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I mean, laying on that floor in my apartment in Detroit, mm-hmm. like, bruh, it was scary. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't know what was my next move. I didn't know if Eastside was going to work. You know, it was just me. It, there was no Earl. Earl flourishing. Yeah. I'm like, man, I, let me, all right, let, let, <laughs> we're about like, to jump into uh, it, you know? <laughs> Hold on to your seats. But I had to be confident enough that there would be light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just keep going, I mean, yeah. this is something that you wholeheartedly believe. And plan A is plan B, and same with plan C. They all the same. Bro, like, go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, take your time. Make sure the plan makes sense. Make sure you're ready, hmm. like, personally. personally. Make sure you've done all the things, all the steps. You got the experience. You got your plan on how you think it's going to work. Mm. Man, I remember I told him completely. There's some things I told him two years ago that are coming into fruition now. Right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just being confident and sticking to your guns and and knowing that it will work. Like, hmm. if that plan makes sense and somebody else said, damn, that makes, that sense. makes sense. Like, run. Run with it. Run. Like, don't be afraid, man. Yeah. Don't be afraid. You got this. Man, fellas, y'all put batteries <laughs> in people's backs, yeah. man. Yo, I, I appreciate y'all for, for, for jumping in. Coming coming into Portland. I know y'all got busy schedules. I know y'all got a ton. Thank y'all so much for coming on the show, fellas. We appreciate it, truly. Appreciate you having us, dog. You already know, man. Much love. You already know, man. This is dope. This is dope. For sure. That was Elijah Wanajaniku and Earl Cooper, the dynamic force behind Eastside Golf. Find out more about Eastside Golf and get access to all of our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like today's episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to rate and review us. We want more black and brown creatives to hear these stories, and that comes from your support. You can stay up to date with all things Clayma by following us on Instagram at Clayma Stories, or you can reach out via email at hello at ClaymaStories.com. Our show this week is produced by Perfect Patel, Amiri Rose, Natalie Yazzie, Jericho Trim, PRPL Productions, and DB Podcasts. Original music provided by Adrian Anaya and vocals by Rosella. 
Special thanks to BJ Fergozo, Jordan Dinwiddie, Saina Clark, Clint Blaine, and Damian Mitchell. I'm Bima, and you've been listening to the Claim of Stories podcast, powered by Vista. Vista.